Hospital. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the On Blast podcast. Where, as always, we, we just like give you our thoughts. It's just my thoughts, man. Right or wrong, just what we're feeling at the time. Welcome once again to another edition of the On Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Once again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Really, what I want to talk about today is quite simple. It's just the NBA Finals. As I look around social media, my, my Facebook wall, my Twitter timeline, everyone is just fired up about the NBA Finals. Despite the fact that it was a huge blowout, everybody has an opinion. Either you're rooting for Kevin Durant or you're rooting against LeBron. Either way, everybody has something to say. And this podcast was something I, I created with my boys for my boys, really, just to have these conversations that we would normally be having anyways, but let's record it and bring it to the masses because we want to include people in these conversations, right? Like, that's my goal here because I don't think that I'm right about everything. Of course, I'm not right about everything. For those that know me, you know that I work in sports television. I've worked in sports television for over 10 years, and a lot of that time has been spent covering the NBA. So, yeah, I have an opinion. I have a different insight. But at the end of the day, I'm a basketball fan, and I have those exact same conversations that you and your boys have, you and your girls have, you know what I mean? And I just want to replicate that. So literally what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to go to my phone, I'm going to call up my boys, and we're going to talk about the NBA Finals, just to get people's opinions on what's going on. And if you enjoy this conversation, let us know what you think. If you didn't enjoy this conversation, you can tell us that we sucked. I'm okay with that. You guys know where to find it. Wherever you find the podcast, let us know what you think. Tell us if you like this idea of me just calling my friends and talking. Cold calls, we'll call it, maybe. On Blast cold calls. Hmm. On Blast hotline bling? I don't know. We'll figure out the name later. But either way, I'm going to get to the phone calls. Let me know what you think. First up, uh, Ola Maddie. Hello? Yes, Foots. What's going on, my dude? What's going on, brother? So just just letting you know, first off, you're on the podcast right now. I'm trying a little something here where, you know, with the NBA Finals being so hot right now, like everyone's just still hot, hot takes everywhere over the NBA Finals. I decided I was going to do a little podcast where I just call up my boys and find out what they're thinking of the NBA Finals. And obviously I know... Obviously, you're a man with credentials, first off, play D1 ball and all that, but I know you're a ball head. You watch ball. You're passionate about ball. So oh, of course. Of course, I had to call you and ask you, what did you think of the NBA Finals? To be honest. Um, be very honest. That's why I'm calling very, you. Oh I, uh, oh, oh, I don't have to. I, there's, no, there's, no, there's no censorship? There's no censorship. There's no sugarcoating. Come on, man. We're trying to put the, the NBA Finals on blast right now. Okay, I'm 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 gonna keep it a hundred. Other than the 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 matchups, the game was bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, there's no parody. There has to be some 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 type of parody in the NBA. So let me, let me ask you, which side were you on? Were you cheering for the Warriors or were you cheering for the Cavs? Uh, to be honest with you, I was cheering for nobody. <laughs> so you're really mad at this whole super team? I'm gonna man. keep it a th- I'm gonna keep it a thousand. Katie's my guy. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he won. I don't like the way he did it. Okay. But I'm glad he won at the end of the, end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't cheering for nobody, man. There's so no winners. 
So you don't like this super team era of the NBA. Is that what I'm sensing here? How come? What, what, what do you have you know, against the super teams? I, I'm an old school brother, man. You know that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't believe in you know everybody joining up, joining up, joining up. Especially when the the rest of the talent level in the NBA. This is the best league in the world we're talking about here. Yep. So you're telling me the best league in the world, and nobody had had a chance in the playoffs. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you for the most part, Foots. Like I am on that side. I think I was. People were saying that I'm on LeBron's side, but it wasn't that because I was more so just rooting against Golden State more than I was rooting for Cleveland. Because if this worked with Golden State, especially the way that it worked for Golden State, as in they just rolled over Cleveland, what chances anyone else in the rest of the league have? You know what, honestly, especially for for old school ball heads like me and you, mm-hmm. it was a lose lose. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I, I'm getting a lot of different takes on both sides from the, who's on the KD side, who's on the LeBron side. And I keep asking this question because this seemed to be a hot button issue for the entire finals after Paul Pierce declared that he thought Kevin Durant was the best player in the world. You're telling me you're a KD guy. Do you agree with Paul Pierce? Is Durant the best player in the world, after, especially after winning finals MVP? See, you know me. I'm an, OK, I'm an OKC guy. So you know me. I've been watching KD do this. Mm-hmm. He's been scoring. It, it was funny because you're watching the finals now, and and people are like, "Oh, they're they're surprised." Like KD hasn't been killing for the last four or five years. Yeah, he's yeah. arguably been the number one player. The only reason why is because of finals appearances. LeBron has him in that category. But LeBron right? has. But I knew he was always on that stage, right? So you know me. I love KD. But I can't cheer for that man when he's playing for Golden State. That's so, a cheat code to me. Hold on, though. You, you avoided the question, though. Is Kevin Durant the best player uh, yeah, in I'm the pulling, world I'm right now? I'm pulling the Jeff Sessions right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Oh, so, so hold on. Is KD the best player in the world? I To let you know, dude, I've been, too. I, I, I've been saying that, though. Oh. so that's, you, that's been my opinion for the last three years, at least. KD is better than LeBron. He just didn't have the team. Ooh. <laughs> He didn't have the platform. Okay. So you know. Okay. So he finally got the platform. I don't like. I don't like the way he formed up his platform. But mm-hmm. you know, he joined up and got it done. So you and I were texting back and forth a couple of days ago when the news broke about Draymond Green reportedly after the game seven sucker loss shit. in the, <laughs> in the I'll NBA cut, finals. Right off. It's sucker stuff. Well, just just for the people that might not be familiar with the story, right? Just for people listening that might not be familiar with the story, we're texting back and forth as Zach Lowe wrote an article for uh, ESPN. And in it, he had quotes where Draymond calls Kevin Durant right after Game 7 ends, after their Game 7 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers in last year's NBA Finals. Draymond Green gets on the phone. First person he calls is the owner of Golden State and says, you need to get Kevin Durant. Then he calls, and this is all taking place from the parking lot, reportedly, Then he calls Kevin Durant to say, hey, we need you to beat LeBron. We need you on our team. So I already know your take on this a bit here, but we were texting back and forth. Let the people know. What do you think of Draymond's tactics here? Come on, man. But Draymond, I expected that from Draymond because if you look back in history, Mm -hmm. Draymond has been getting killed by KD consistently. (laughs) 30s, 40s, and even even bragged over in the uh, during during um the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Remember, I gave you 50. <laughs> yeah, 
Right. So obviously, if you're Draymond and you're and this is Draymond Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. He's been in this category for the last three years. So if if Katie's given this guy thirty and forty pieces consistently, of course Draymond's going to try to recruit him. My problem is not with Draymond. Okay. It was never with Draymond, but at the end of the day, of what do you think KD is going to say? He's not trying trying to take a tamper in charge. <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. Well, the other thing too that I feel like people forgot was in one of these docs because you know, like all these guys, whether it's LeBron or KD or whoever, the Players Tribune and all that, they they start making these like documentary videos where uh-huh. they're sort of documenting what's going on or you know maybe it was one of the articles on SI. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I fe- I remember this being a thing where Durant recalls watching last year's NBA Finals and once Golden State lost, he acknowledged the fact that he was like, oh man, you know, he called his agent or or one of his people in his inner circle, like his business partners and said, yo, it would be actually really cool to play with those guys, like just looking at it. So that's him kind of already acknowledging that after watching the Finals and them losing, that was one of the first instances he thought about joining their team. So now with Draymond telling this story, Right, it all kind of makes sense now, no? Of course, but now how do you how do you feel now if you're OKC as an organization, or Russell Westbrook as a teammate, or Adams, or any of the rest of those guys? For sure. Well, even before that, because I keep even bringing up, that. I keep bringing up, you're up three one in the finals, and Kendrick Perkins when they had that uh, TNT love in right with uh, the old Celtics reunion, Kendrick Perkins yep. let the world know. He said, "Hey, Draymond was recruiting KD for the whole season." So those guys all knew that. So if Perkins knows this, if you're Russ and Cantor and Steven Adams and Nick Collison and whoever else, you guys probably knew this too. So when you're up 3-1, now looking back at it now, you look up at the fact that, hey, we were up 3-1 against these guys. Was this guy already thinking about next year and jumping ship? That's always going to be a question for me. Well, you got you to look at it like this, right? He, he already said, he already came out and said, well, <clears throat> I'm just hoping people forget. Winning, people will forget. If you win, people will forget. I'm not going to forget. But you know, diehard ball fans are not going to forget regardless. <laughs> right? So I think that's something that he's going to have to battle with. And at the end of the day, you know, he made a decision. He made a grown man decision. For he sure. won. For sure. Hats off. Champion. Hey, he he wanted the ring. He wanted the ring and... You know, you almost guaranteed the ring. But I, I like the the point you brought up earlier where you said people were acting surprised, right? And it felt kind of weird because with the, a lot of the the hate that was being placed on Kevin Durant, I feel like people were getting it misconstrued. Nobody thought Durant was bad. Nobody thought Durant was like, when we say jumping on a wave, it's not like we thought Durant was going to go there and not do anything. We knew Durant was going to go there and kill, Right. Like, that's not the issue. Like, Durant, after the game last night, was saying, you know, people are making it seem like he was just going to go there and sit on the bench. It's not like he sat on the bench. He did work. He earned it. And, like, that's not yep. the argument, right? That's that's not the argument at all. We're talking a team that won 73 games, loses in Game 7 of the NBA Finals, and well, then adds a former MVP. When well, you, you add that math doing, up, you know, what's going to happen? NBA, they change the narrative. Right. That's that's the new school thing right now. Right, changing the narrative. When is Kevin Durant ever going to go come on a basketball court mm-hmm. and just be average or sit on the bench? Never in your life. Go look up uh, Katie at the Rucker. Oh, you're crazy. Well, that's any the same... basketball court Katie's on. He's killing. 
Well, it's funny you bring that up, right? That famous video of KD dropping whatever he dropped, 50-something at the Rucker. That same shot that he hit like eight straight times in that game is the same shot Thank he you. hit over Braun in game three, right? To ice game three. Over Braun, over Kevin Love. He did it against everybody. So, and what did he say in the, in the interview? He said, I've been, I've been shooting that shot my whole life. Whole life. Uh, Foots, you, you, bring up, you bring up the man Kevin Love. If you're Cleveland, what would you do with Kevin He's Love? Gone. Kevin Love was a, a, a hot button issue. If I go back into our text conversations, it always seems to gone. center around Kevin Love. What would you do with Kevin Love? I got to upgrade. <laughs> Just like Beyonce tells you, you got to upgrade. <laughs> so what it is. The, the rumor starting to swirl now is maybe they try to flip Kevin Love and maybe turn him into Paul George. Do you of see course. that as a Jimmy, thing that would work? You need, at the end of the day, the Cavs need a 3D player. Okay. They need a guy that can go and get you 20, mm-hmm. 25, mm-hmm. and he's locking down the opposing other star player that he's guarding to his average or below. So you think Paul George would be an answer that could help, or do you think you have they would to. Need more? It has to be. Because look at look, the reason why the Cavs won, and this, you know, this, is a, this, is, uh, this shows LeBron's greatness to me, personally. Mm-hmm. He had to guard Kevin Durant and still averaged a triple-double. Yeah. That's crazy. And you know what's even crazier, too? And I, I, I'm going to tiptoe slowly around this topic <laughs> because I'm not going to mention what I was watching specifically last night. But I'll say that one of the analysts last night in like their recap of what happened in the game was showing LeBron's defensive breakdowns. And I'm like, hold on. This is your takeaway from the game? You're going to show LeBron's defensive breakdowns? Like... I saw a stat earlier today talking about how LeBron and Kyrie accounted for 78% of the Cavs points, meaning they either scored or assisted on 78% of the Cavs baskets in the entire postseason. And you're going to isolate LeBron resting on defense? <laughs> like, hold on. Well, do you watch ball? Like, I had to question that as I'm watching you. this. I'm like, do you watch ball? Like, you do you not understand what's going on? The man has to get rest somehow. It's crazy. LeBron was just, at the end of the day, LeBron was just outmanned. Golden State was sitting Kevin Durant and Steph Curry at the same time. <laughs> and st- <laughs> still getting buckets by the rest of their team. Like, how fair is that, right? How it's fair not, is It's that? not fair. And then, and then LeBron leaves the floor. They're a negative 15 or a negative 17 or whatever the number is. I, you know what it felt like, really? Like watching OKC versus Houston again. Watching Russ go to the bench. They lose big leads. Yeah. And I mean, it, on top of that too, you know, there's always seems to be a debate about whether Ty Lue's a good coach or not and all that. And really we'll never know about the X's and O's and how that breaks down and who comes up with what, right? But I thought, especially in the last game, Cleveland had a great game plan. And great game plan. First, I'm going to say, first off, I know I could talk X's and O's with you, Foots, because obviously, again, I'm just going to say for your listeners, you're a man that played D1 ball, so has a resume. Also coming from, I'll give a shout out to this, Eastern High School of Commerce, the basketball yes, factory in the city of Toronto. But I say that to say this. I know I could talk this on this level with you about this, right? So when you watch the game, you could tell Cleveland came out with a game plan. Steph Curry has the ball. We're going to double team the ball. Right. We're going to force Steph to make a play, make plays because we know Steph is kind of loose sometimes. And it was working. Right. They would Uh hedge the screen and they would double team Steph Curry every time they tried to do the pick and roll. Right. And it worked. And then Golden State now comes with the X factor. They say, "Okay, you're going to you're going to double team off the screen. Well, we're going to run the screen with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Thank you. Now double team. And what do you do? How do you stop that? 
It's impossible. No, it's impossible. You can't stop that. But you're 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 forgetting something too, right? Mm-hmm. Along with the game plan of doubling Curry off the ball when he has the ball, mm-hmm. what were they doing on the offensive end? They were attacking any whoever Curry. They looked up whoever Curry was guarding. Yep. Go at him. So that leads to my next question, though. If you're the rest of the league, right? What do you do? How do you I try to you- beat Golden State? Do you try to beat Golden State in Cleveland? Or do you say, you know what, we're just going to collect assets, try to get as many draft picks, you know, maybe maybe tank or whatever. What do you do? Or do it you depends. try and get more stars? It depends on how low you are. If you're Philadelphia, if you're, I don't know, if you're Philadelphia, you're Sacramento, yeah, of course, tank. So hold on. Let's, let's, keep it, let's keep it 100 and bring it close to home then. If you're the Raptors, what do you do? Well, at the end of the day, I had a conversation with my colleagues uh, today about the Raptors and their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're MLS, like, do you do you do you invest sixty million to your backcourt, <laughs> knowing that any time we go up against LeBron, you have one superstar that says, Oof, "Well, look at them. They have LeBron. Of course, they're going to win." <laughs> do, do you go? Do you go to war with that? <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with that. And then you have another superstar who's on the other on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah. Even though he's been the guts and glory of your team the last couple of years, mm-hmm. you're right. He's gotten he's been hurt. banged up. He's been banged up, and, and again, he's hurt. on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah, he, he's gotten. Kyle Lowry has gotten hurt, and each he's worn down each of the last three playoff runs. Right. Uh, it brings up an interesting question, though. So you would not bring back Kyle Lowry? No. Why? We got to get younger. Oh, okay. Okay. That's thirty million we can save. So or that's that's twenty, or that's you know that's twenty plus we could save, right? So do you try to kind of rebuild on the fly? You keep DeRozan or do you full on? You have to. You have to keep DeRozan, right? I agree with you that too. To. You have to keep DeRozan. You have to. Okay. You have to. But again, too, you build so much hype with you know, how far you've gone to the playoffs these last couple of years. Maybe you can get a younger up and coming. A younger, guys. cheaper point guard. Maybe like a Jeff Teague. People are mentioning George Hill might no cost way. you less than, no than Lowry. No, you don't want any of those guys? Yeah, come on, Jeff Teague, fam. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm just asking. I'll keep Lowry. <laughs> That's a disrespect. That's a disrespect right there. <laughs> okay, so Jeff Teague and Shaq would see his barbecue chicken out there. <laughs> yeah, no way. True. You lost your starting spark to Schroeder, right? Can't really. Thank you. Um. So here's the thing. There's something that I've been waiting to like just. Like the most frustrating part of this whole Golden State narrative and dynasty talk and all that, you know, when people say, oh, well, you just draft well and then it works. Like that's a false narrative. That's not true. Like that's revisionist history. The reason why Golden State was able to do what they did was because Steph Curry, after he got drafted, kept getting hurt year after year after year. After Steph Curry got hurt, Golden State made a huge risk by signing him to that long-term deal. And we forget now because it's this age of 24-hour news cycle, so what just happened last night is what stays in our head. But people forget, at the time when Golden State signed Steph Curry to that long-term deal, people were like, are, are these guys crazy? This guy can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the floor. Why would you lock this guy up long-term? So they end up locking him up long-term. And then Steph turns into the MVP. You know, like obviously all these other things happen at the same time. Draymond becomes Draymond. Clay becomes Clay. Steve Kerr comes and like makes little tweaks to their offense and like unleashes them. But my point is, 
Steph Curry becomes Steph Curry on this cheap contract that many people thought he didn't even deserve. So now fast forward, he's making nine mil a year or nine and a half million dollars a year. I think he maxed out at what, 11 or 12? But that's the only reason why Golden State was able to bring in Igudala, right? At big time money that he didn't live up to at the beginning either. And also we forget David Lee was a massive free agent signing that they made that flopped so hard, but it didn't matter because they were paying Steph Curry nothing, right? Uh Like that's the whole reason why Golden State is where they are. And I feel like this false narrative of, oh, well, if you just draft well, if you just draft well, it's like, no, 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 it's deeper than that. It's like, imagine the same thing with DeMar DeRozan. Coming back to an example that's closer to home, right? DeMar DeRozan, remember when they re-signed DeMar DeRozan to that long-term deal, right? Yep. Colangelo signed him, and DeMar was making nine and a half a mil a year, and everyone said the same thing. Why do we lock up DeMar for that long? And DeMar, to his credit, outplayed his contract, right? But imagine if, if, if DeMar turned into what Steph Curry was and became an MVP of the league. Imagine how many other doors that would have opened for the Raptors the past few years because you had DeMar DeRozan on the cheap. Right. Like that's that's the only way these things happen. So everyone talking about, oh, well, if you just draft well, then you could have a super team just like Golden State did. It's like that's not how it worked. Right. All the the stars aligned for Golden State, to be honest with you. This is, is, you know, they've been building this for the last five, six years anyways. Well, for sure. And, And that's the thing. People need to go back and look at Golden State's roster in like 2013, 14. 2014 15, right? And look back at those teams because you forget their highest paid players were like Andrew Bogut at 13 mil. It was Igudala yeah. at like 12. It was David Lee at like 12. Like those are those are your highest paid players. You're making huge mistakes there because those guys don't make that much. Those guys shouldn't be have been making that much money and being the highest paid players on teams. But it worked because you had Clay Thompson at you know, Clay Thompson was on his rookie deal. Draymond obviously was a second round pick. Round who, pick. Who yeah, was, exactly. wasn't making a lot of money either. Like, how many teams are going to be able to do that? You know, Going have forward. these good picks, but also they all fit together. And if anyone's trying to play like they knew what Draymond was going to be, they're lying. Right, I agree. So, like, how how do how do you replicate that? I guess that's my question because people are trying to make it seem as if, well, you know, it's other teams' faults, and if they just drafted no well, they could have the same thing. And I think that's a blatant lie. Honestly, moving forward, I think the guys, the, 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 the you know, because we all know in the NBA there's probably real, like, seven or eight real superstars. Yep. So I feel like those guys, the guys that are not on Cleveland are not on Golden State. Mm-hmm. They really need to have a conversation or one of them, they got to figure out who can work with who mm-hmm. and decide a destination. Because honestly, this is looking like it's going to be at least two years running even more. So if you're tired of seeing these two teams in the finals, listen, the rest of the superstar that are not on these two teams, they need to get it together. So one guy, and again, because you're my dude, I know, I think I know where you're, where you're going to go with this, but I'm going to throw it out to you anyways, for the people to know. What do you think of Melo? If you, is, is Melo someone that you think could help LeBron? Obviously there's a lot of whispers about Melo could be joining the Cavs well, and, He's going to fall out in New York somehow. He could get bought out even. Is Melo someone you think LeBron should be looking at as someone who could Come help him? Now. Come on now. There, we, we were arguing this from like 08. <laughs> Talking about Carmelo could be arguably uh, the second best player in the conference. Mm-hmm. That hasn't even made the playoffs in how many years? It's sad. 
right? It's sad. Um, it's sad. It shows how whack the East is. <laughs> and at the end of the day, too, it's just like I don't like the narrative of, of ISO players versus ball movement players. That's BS. Melo can ball. Everybody knows he can ball. You put him in a situation, he's going to do better than Kevin Love. I'll tell you that much. Oh, so you. And I'm saying it. Okay, so you think Melo is someone they should go after? Listen, he's getting busy. He would have got busy in the, in, in this series. I like it. I like it, Foots. I can't, I can't disagree with you on that. I, I think Melo could be a viable option, especially if you, I mean, obviously it would depend on what the rest of the roster is like, but if you set up Melo in a situation where he just comes off the bench and cooks, he's a six man, which I don't even think you would need to do that. But if worst case scenario for him, you said, hey, come off the bench and cook as a six man, I think he could thrive in that. But also, if you just plug him in as your as your power forward position, and you put or you put him on the wing with Kyrie and LeBron does his turns even more into Magic Johnson, you know, and he's just passing the ball to these guys and putting them in positions where they can just cook. I definitely think Melo could be a valuable person on a team. And it just sucks because yes, the Knicks are bad. Yes, he is the best player and has been the best player on the Knicks for the past few years. But the Knicks have just been a tire fire around him, like garbage, hot lava, trash around Melo. So Yes, he has to take some of the blame for their failures over the past few years and even in how he got to New York, but I'm not blaming Melo for the dysfunction that is the New York Knicks now. I think he could be a helpful piece on a championship team. No, I agree 100%. Brother, thank you for having me on, man. It's much appreciated. Come on, man. Had to call my ball heads and figure out what's going on. So, you know, bless up, as I always love to give a platform to other people doing big things in the crew, in the squad. So thanks for coming by, man. man. Appreciate it, Hov. We'll link up. We'll link up soon. All right, fam. Later. Peace. All right, brother. Let me see who's next in the Rolodex. Hello? Yes, Mr. Beals, L-E-S. How you doing, my dude? I'm good, brother. What's going on? How's everything with you? I'm all right. Everything's been all right. For the people that don't know, my man Beals, L-E-S, we go way back. Uh, he's a rapper, album dropping soon. Uh, give me yeah, a little details on that. All right, July, July, 100% July. We're just putting it together now. Uh, what's, sure. what's the album called? The Trudeau Era. The Trudeau Era, yes. If you remember and you've been following the On Blast podcast, then you know that We've already talked to Beals Elias on one of our prior episodes, which you can obviously check out at onblastpodcast.wordpress.com, right? We've already had that conversation, but this time around, as I said, I've been so hype about the NBA Finals, I just had to call up my boys and ask them what their thoughts were. I'm guessing which way you were rooting for, but let me know, who, who are you rooting for? I'm a LeBron fan, like diehard LeBron fan, you know. So I was, I was, I was rooting for him to win. At the end of the day, you know, I just, you know, he's just. I, I think he's just the real deal, you know. But this year was was tough for him, you know. He, you know, Kevin Durant was the X factor, one hundred percent, you know. And I told a lot of people before this series started that he was going to be the X factor, you know. So, you know, a lot of people, including myself, gave KD a lot of slack, but. After, you know, having a night's rest and not really dwelling on it too much, you know what? He deserves a ring. I don't want to see another great player without a ring, right? So he deserves it, man. Let him get his ring. Something you can't take from him. So it's good, man. I'm happy to be one. 
So, so what did what did you think of the whole thing with KD moving to OKC or moving from OKC to Golden State? Obviously, a lot of people were questioning that decision, thinking that he was just jumping on another team's wave. What did you think right. of that move? I, I have mixed emotions about it. You know, I got a I got a I got a group chat where you know we you know we clown each other about it. Some are hardcore KD fans. Me and my boy Ace, you know. And uh, my boy Noel, we're, we're hardcore LeBron fans. I got a good friend of mine by the name of Kizzy, who's a hardcore KD fan. So him winning was just everything, you know. But back to your question, it's just mixed emotions, you know. I just I felt as though he could have went to any other team and did that, right? No, I got you. The fact that he went to the team that he got beat badly by the year prior, that doesn't make it look good, right? So, you know, a lot of people gave LeBron flack for chasing the ring, but Kevin Durant ultimately did that times 20. I think what he did was a lot worse. But like I said, it is what it is, you know. The NBA we're playing in now, everybody wants to win a ring, right? My one last question for you is, Paul Pierce started this very interesting conversation where he says Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA right now. Do you agree or disagree? with that statement by the truth. I, I, I don't agree with that. And, you know, Paul Pierce is my favorite player of all time, you know? Well, I don't agree with that. LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Point blank period, right? I got you. So, all in all, a yay or nay on this NBA Finals. Did you enjoy it? Did you think it was good for the NBA or not good for the NBA? Sum it up for me. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say yay. It was good for the NBA. You know, financially, it, it you know, it's, gonna I guess it could have went six seven games for the NBA mm-hmm. but financially they made money you know and for the overall love of the sport it was good it wasn't bad I, I see it. it was good it was good it's good it's what people wanted to see right and the best part about it yeah. is that as fired up as we all are about you know being angry at KD or being like fan mad at KD we're still yeah, here to watch the NBA. We'll still be here next year when it's Cavs Warriors Part Four. We'll all still be there watching, and that's the beauty sure, of it, sure. right? Like, listen, I, I, I've always liked KD as a player. Mm-hmm. Just I just didn't agree with how he did it. That was just my thing. I just didn't agree with how he did it. I don't think you go to the team that beat you the year before. You know, I don't think so. But hey, he has to do what's best for him. He's his own man, right? But he felt that going to them was going to get him a championship, right? And it did. You know, and it did, you know. He, so he made the right move. Who are we, right? We're just the fans. We don't actually play the game, you know, on a professional level, right? So I got you. Exactly. I got you. All good. All love, my dude. And I'll hit you up for sure before the album drops. We'll put a little something together. Give the people what they want. Beals, L-E-S. Tell the people where they can find you, man. You can find me on Instagram at Beals underscore underscore. You can find me on Twitter at BealsBTMG. Check out my website, BealsBTMG.com. New music coming. The Trudeau era is coming in July. New single, new video coming in the next couple of weeks, man. It was good talking to you, ho. all love. You know, every time I speak to you, brother. All love, dude, my dude. All love as always. Talk to you soon, fam. All right, my man. All Be right. Safe. Later, man. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're still going here. We're still calling people. Like, my phone's kind of blowing up. People are still texted in saying, yeah, I want in, I want in. Uh, let me see who's next, actually. Matt, and, of course, 
If you're liking this podcast, let us know what you think in the comment section. As always, check out prior episodes and everything on blastpodcast.wordpress.com or find us on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter at Shell Alexander, all that fun stuff. You know where to find me if you're listening to this episode anyways. But uh, yeah, let's let's continue this experimental on blast podcast. I'm going to call Mr. Q, what is going on, my dude? What's going on, Hov? You are on the podcast right now, live. I feel like everybody is still fired up about this NBA Finals, so I thought, how can I do something different to try to pick people's brains and find out what's going on? So I don't even know what I'm going to call this. I don't even know how it's going to work, but I'm just calling people up, calling my dudes that I know are basketball heads, and trying to ask them what... They're thinking of the NBA Finals. Q, I know you were watching. Initial yes, thoughts. Watching. What, what's your reaction to last night's game and the Finals as a whole? Uh, I think it all went as planned. I think uh, you could have probably predicted that in last July. <laughs> so then was this, was this fun for you then? Did you enjoy the NBA Finals? You know, I hate to call myself a LeBron hater, but I guess I fit kind of into that mold. So... <laughs> uh that's why it was enjoyable because oh. i think i think i think the finals hopefully should have put an end to my most hated basketball argument which is the lebron mj comparison really so you actually think that this loss on lebron james in the final despite the fact he averaged a triple double in right. the nba finals you think this will still go down as being a knock in lebron's legacy i think so i think you know five five finals losses uh, puts him in the category with the Buffalo Bills in my in, in, in my mind. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, okay. Um, you know, I know, I know what everybody's gonna say. Oh, it's a super team and blah 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 blah. But you know, he created it. He created the the, the NBA. Uh, how it is? Okay. He's, he's responsible for it. So you know, he got a little bit of his own medicine. I think. So you think LeBron's catching a little humble pie? Like this is what he created, and this is the basketball gods kind of giving him a little taste of his own medicine. I think so. So my my flip side argument to this, because I get that, and there are a lot of people. Hey, I, maybe I was considered a LeBron hater because I was not for uh, his move when he went to the Miami Heat, right? Right, right. But this is what I'll say: If LeBron, instead of saying I'm taking my talents to South Beach, if he instead said I'm taking my talents to join the Boston Celtics. That would almost be the equivalent to what KD did, no? So then why aren't the LeBron haters mad at KD? You make a good, you make a good point, but I think, I don't, you know, KD is probably one of my favorite basketball players on the court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, am not, I am not a fan of the move to Golden State. I think the timing was bad. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the whole, they've already had their team, you lose to them, you have them up 3-1. You know, they're, you had their foot on their neck and you choked and then you just went to them in the next season. So I'm, I'm not a fan of that move. So, you know, like I guess LeBron, the, the, the LeBron's, the LeBron sexuals, as I've heard them being called, <laughs> I think, I think, I think they have, they have a point there. But, you know, I, I, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of things on the court. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, a LeBron fan, but I do respect his game. So okay. he is probably the best player on the planet right now. So then is this super team era of the NBA, is this good for its fans? Do you enjoy it? Do you think this is good for the NBA? Not at all. 
Not at all. Why? Not at all. Why? Because, because, you know, most fans of the NBA or, or any pro team want to see their home team do well. Mm-hmm. You're a fan of, you know, you're a fan of the rap. You might, you might, you know, like KD, you might even be a Golden State fan. Mm-hmm. But you want your home team to be competitive, to have a chance. So I think when you know, especially you got to pay the prices that, that it costs to go to the ACC to see a game. When you're just going there to watch pretty much exhibition games, games that don't matter, that never matter, <laughs> do, do, you'll never have a parade down Young Street. I think it. I think it hurts the NBA. Okay. okay. I think you know. I think I think Charles Barkley was right. I I watch way more NHL playoff games. Oh. Not not just the Maple Leafs. Yeah. I'm talking about the Oilers. Uh, I'm a big Nashville fan now. I love the way they play. <laughs> yes. Right. Nashville. I'm a, you know, I watched all their games. I watched Anaheim. I watched San Jose. I watched all those games. Mm-hmm. And you know, even the Raptor Cleveland game, I might have watched two games. <laughs> Actually, sat down and watched two games, if that. Okay. You know okay. I mean? uh, until until the finals, I watched all the finals games. I watched every single game. But in the prior rounds, you know, I was just watching highlights and checking scores. I didn't sit down. I wasn't sitting down watching and getting into it because you kind of know what the result is. No, that's totally fair, man. And I I like that. I like that. I appreciate you taking the time to take my call here on this uh, very special edition of the On Blast podcast. Um, I don't even know what I'm going to call this. I'm thinking like On Blast hotline bling or something. I don't know. I'll name it later. I'll figure it out. But anyways, Q, thank you very much. And for the people that don't know, Q is one of the founders of DDS Caps and Apparel. Right, tell the people where they can find some of uh, the merch. That's right. Uh, we got a website up and going, ddscaps.com. Uh, it's ddscaps.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, dangerously dope shit on Facebook and DDS. It's all right. You're allowed to swear on this on podcast. Instagram. Don't hesitate. You're allowed to swear on this podcast. It's okay. <laughs> it's totally allowed. Let the people know where to find the hats, find the gear, you know? That's right. Yep. All right. Uh, and if you're in the city of Toronto, we're currently in Brim's Hat Store on uh, Queen Street. Check us out. Check us out there. Totally dope. And as well as being a nice businessman, Q is also one of my dudes and, as mentioned before, an avid ball head. So I appreciate you making the time for us here on the On Blast podcast. And, of course, we'll, we'll link up soon and, and, and talk some more behind the scenes about what's going on in the NBA as, of course, the busy season picks up. But until then, thanks course, a lot, yeah. my dude. No problem. Peace. Yeah. Okay, so what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to call one of my boys, who's also uh, one of my coworkers. coworkers. His name is Mr. Brendan Dunlop. I'm going to give him a call. You might know him. He does a little highlight show on TV. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> or at least that's what he'll tell you. Let me give my guy Dunlop a call right now. Hopefully he picks up. He's not too big time for me. Hey, what's good, bro? Mr. Brendan Dunlop, you are live right now on the oh, podcast. Live? I'm just letting live you know. Live on the podcast. So, so just to let you know what's going on, you know, so I'm not just completely just catching you off guard here. I've just been calling my boys who I know are fired up about what took place in the NBA finals. And I just yes. want to have a conversation and just get different opinions on what people thought about the finals. Cause you know, there's hot takes everywhere. There's definitely hot takes everywhere. Hot, hot takes are a dime a dozen. You're right. Right. 
And with something, <laughs> when, when you're talking the stakes of, you know, Hall of Fame type players on both teams and, you know, taking the King's crown, Kevin Durant jumping teams, so much drama, so much going on. So, Mr. Dunlop, I ask you, what did you think of the NBA Finals? Did you enjoy it? You know, it wasn't long enough. It wasn't long enough. I didn't enjoy it until game four, and then it ended too quick. That's, that's basically it. The game, game three was, was close, and sure, the, the Cavs probably would have won that had they, and then taken game four in the fashion that they did. Game five would have been a completely different story, and everybody would have been excited. It would have been the most watched NBA game since Jordan played. But that wasn't the case. I think we all knew the the result was coming. I think most people suspected that the uh, the Cavs would it would take something historic for the Cavs to to win the series, and uh, it took you know a, a historic game for them just to take one game. So I think what's uh, the, the sad reality was that the the epic uh, rematch that we all were were waiting for, and the epic matchup that Dallas featured Kevin Durant that we all anticipated for uh, eighty two games of a regular season, and then a very quite boring NBA playoffs, uh, you know, was over before it really got started, but that's what they built in Golden State now. And God, I don't know how LeBron and the Cavs or anybody can contend with them. Yeah. And I did a little bit of the, of an intro before I started calling people. And what I talked about was I was kind of disappointed because there was no drama, right? Like yeah. there's no drama at all. We were able to predict what was going to happen. Most people would have predicted Golden State just blowing out the Cavs like they did to everyone else during the playoffs. But I, I ask you, I know uh, you're a journalist, a big-time journalist, Mr. Dunlop, but if I can ask you, uh, were you rooting for one team more than the other? Like, was there a side that you wanted to see win more than the other in this? I definitely wanted to see the Warriors tested. If they were going to win it, fine. Uh, I wasn't really, you know, too torn. I like Tristan Thompson. Shout out to Brampton, Ontario, but I wasn't really, you know, too uh, too on the kardashian Cavs bandwagon i didn't uh, i didn't really need to see the Cavs win i just really wanted to see the the warriors tested i really wanted to see uh you know kevin durant earn it and uh as while it came very easy as i just said that the series did for the warriors uh kevin durant fully earned it uh you know you can make the argument that uh, he was an easy choice for mvp and you know, had it gone six games seven games you know it would have gone to lebron in a losing cause but uh, I think Kevin Durant fully earned it. So in the end, I, w- I was happy to see him get the ring. But uh, as a selfish fan that wants to be entertained, uh, I didn't want to see it go longer. So that was kind of the problem, right? Like we didn't get that. Like most of the games were blowouts, right? Yep. Which wasn't really fun to watch for anybody. But here's the thing. What's next for the NBA? Because we watched the, the Warriors blow through the West. We watched them almost go undefeated throughout the entire thing, blowing through the Cavs, no one really came close. I mean, we don't know what would have happened against uh, a healthy San Antonio Spurs, but for the most part, we watched two teams blow through to the NBA Finals, and then the Warriors blow out the Cavs. So what's next for the NBA? You know, like, how do you combat this? This free agency is going to be insane. And next year, uh, next summer's free agency might be even crazier, because everyone's going to scramble to try to assemble super teams in the short term so while players who you know are, are either just past their prime i'm thinking chris paul uh mellow guys that you know never got to that close and, and are, are uh dying for a ring just like kd did they'll you know cut a lot of corners take some big pay cuts and get together maybe and, and try and do something special uh, the the rumors of, uh, of the lakers next year 
and how people are thinking the Lakers could be a playoff team. They haven't even drafted Lonzo Ball yet, uh, but are people already crowning him Rookie of the Year, saying that well, well, Paul George and Russ show up, the Lakers will be something special. Um, that's 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 what you're you're going to see. I think teams doing uh, and and panic buying and, and panic signing this summer. And next summer as well. The Cavs are so interesting. The Cavs don't, you know, don't have a GM locked up next year. Uh, you know, they got LeBron for for one more year, but uh, who who really knows? I mean, you know, could he be thinking that as well? Could he be thinking I can't win here in Cleveland? Doesn't matter who I bring. I got to go somewhere else and join another party. I mean, uh, you know, there there are people that are going to start writing. I'm waiting for the Tom Hammerstrow article on LeBron joining Golden State. Like, could that be a thing? <laughs> uh, I think I really do think it's going to be the most insane summer of NBA free agency uh, ever. So that that's that's the short term. In the, the long term though, the the uh, you know, I'm talking four or five years here after the uh, Warriors have won another four or five rings, uh, all those guys will be old and the uh, 76ers will be the new dynasty because they've already assembled it with draft picks and that's how it goes. So that's basically the short term and the long term view of where I think things are going. <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, you mentioned LeBron and the possibility of LeBron going somewhere else. Do you actually yeah. think that could be a thing? Like, could he leave again? I, I honestly, I've thought about it a lot, and it's like I do feel as though if he left, it, it wouldn't be. It obviously, wouldn't be the same way as when he left the first time because he brought them a title. I think that Cleveland would almost like allow him to leave, not allow him to leave, knowing that he's searching for titles elsewhere, but like understanding. LeBron as a, a bigger entity and as someone uh, you know who's played in the NBA at a, a completely different time than than MJ and I think that there will be uh, a leniency and an allowance uh, given to him should he decide to leave. However, it, it depends on the circumstance. I mean, you know, uh, you hear everyone talk about how when he went to Miami. Uh, to assemble the big three, you know, they, they did actually assemble it. They did have to build it. Whereas KD joined this one. So I don't see, I don't see that scenario where uh, LeBron could join the team that's already assembled and do that. Uh, he's not going to go to golden state. Uh, it would never be a, a fit anyway. So I don't, I don't see where that happens. He'd have to go and, and build it. Is it worth building it in a new place and not doing it in Cleveland? I don't think so. I think he can do it again in Cleveland. I don't know exactly where, where the pieces are or, or, or what the other piece is that, that you bring in. If you move Kevin Love, can you get two more valuable pieces that you know that uh, replace him and, and make you better and, and make you a better fit to match Golden State? I don't know. I, I really don't. It, it's, a, it's the craziest time in the NBA. Uh, but there'll be, there'll be so much talk this summer about assembling these teams and you know who can contend, who goes where. Obviously, with Paul George being a free agent, I think it makes it most interesting and intriguing but what i worry about is what happens when the season comes around in october or november and december i should say already when we're looking at these uh teams in the standings and thinking nobody's touching them we're just waiting for june again because that's what that's really what it felt like this year from december on we were just waiting for june kind of didn't really matter how the rest of the teams did oh it was how cute of boston to win the east that, that was nice the raps <laughs> got Serge Ibaka. it still couldn't come close uh, so you know uh, it, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a trying time i'm just glad i don't work in marketing in the nba right now uh, I, i'm not you know responsible for a high level job of trying to get people into the game because those people are gonna have the toughest jobs uh, all year well you're you're right in the sense that you know there's two sides to this people enjoy watching greatness you know, and Golden State obviously could go down as one of the best teams we've ever seen in the NBA and maybe even in all sports when you think about it. Right. But does it run the risk of becoming boring if they just 
multiple years, it's just Cavs versus Warriors, and the Warriors just roll over everybody. Does that run the risk of being boring and kind of turning off the fans of the NBA? There's a lot of people, I think, that found this boring already, that find it boring now. And this was the most exciting, uh, you know, at least if you go from a game-by-game basis or if if you were someone who loves offense, this was the most exciting, uh, you know, run that that Golden State has put out and the most exciting final that we've seen, uh, albeit not as competitive as we would have liked. That's where the argument lies. Do you? Do you watch sports because you want it to be competitive? You know, if it's if it's low scoring, if you're one of those uh, baseball fans that love pitchers' duels, you know, because you love to see two guys uh, just throwing their best and nobody can hit off them. Uh, did you know that there were so many defensive purists that uh, love the NBA still? Because I didn't realize that until this series came around and Twitter freaked out that uh, it was looking like an All Star game. There was no defense. I couldn't believe how many people hated that first half in Game Four. I was like, uh, "What? What age is this? Have these defensive purists always been here, or is this a new hipster bandwagon that this, these guys are all on all of a sudden because there's no defense being played?" I think that there's a uh, there's a lot of people that that found it, it boring. So yeah, uh, to go back to my point about not wanting to work in marketing for the NBA. Uh, I do think they very much run the risk of, of their product uh, not having the same value over the course of the season that it did before. And, uh, you know, people turning off and, and then losing the casual fan, losing the casual fan and not even getting them back in June, which I think the NBA always got. I think the NBA always got the, the casual fan back, no matter uh, the changing of the guard, no matter, you know, post Jordan, uh, when that when that when that uh, era ended for the Bulls, you know, it was Kobe and the Lakers. It was always uh, something to, to bring the casual fan back. And, um, you know, KD and, and Curry and Clay and Draymond are phenomenally exciting. But if you don't like that brand of basketball and being able to predict that this is how it's going to end, then you don't have a reason to watch. And I think there's a lot more people in that camp than we would have ever thought if you uh, were to talk about this scenario two years ago. You're, you're so right. And you mentioned uh, the stat wave that kind of is going on in which everyone latches on the stats and it's almost become so much so overvalued to me right because it's almost like we lost that aspect of just the eye test and being able to watch and there's room in the middle right but everything's about stats and you know people kept saying the Cavs defense is terrible and look at how bad their defense is and it's like whose defense is good enough to guard Kevin Durant Steph Curry and Clay Thompson like whose defense ever would be good enough to guard that, right? So it's such a like weird dynamic to watch. But uh, there's something else I wanted to bring up with you because uh, we were talking about whether LeBron could leave or whatever, and obviously LeBron coming back to Cleveland was a massive deal. But uh, I know you you listen to the Levitard show a lot, right? And yes, did you hear did you hear the story the other day? They were talking about how uh, when LeBron was first rumored to be coming back to Cleveland. One of the things he tried to propose, which I'm sure you'd be interested in as being a Detroit Ties, because you're from uh, Windsor, obviously, hometown of Windsor. You got Detroit Ties. But do you remember hearing this story where they're talking about how LeBron tried to come back, but what he wanted to do was he wanted to have the owners of the Detroit Pistons and Dan Gilbert, who's the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, swap franchises. Did you hear this story? No. Are you sure that wasn't a Stugatz pipe dream? No, that was no, a no, real no. story? It was Levitar talking about it. Levitar was talking oh. about it. As as like that was something that was thrown out there in terms of, oh, so oh, do you know what? Did I mess this up? It's not Levitard. Maybe it was Bomani. It was so. You know what it was? I got it. I got it. I got it. 
and this is why we're unpolished and unapologetic, by the way. I like it. I'm all about it. So Bomani was bringing this up, but he was he was stressing the fact that they ran the clip off of the Dan Patrick show, right? And they kept stressing okay. the fact that we are not reporting this. ES, our ESPN bosses told us we have to emphasize it. We are not reporting this. This is something from the work done on the Dan Patrick show. And they played the clip. And Dan Patrick was talking about how one of the things, yeah, LeBron was trying to negotiate to have the owners of the Pistons and Cavs swap teams. And that would have paved the way for him to come back to Cleveland. Like, wouldn't that have been like the most amazing story ever? I don't know if like, did, was LeBron like on the, you know, did he just leave the banana boat, the sun exhaustion, <laughs> he get on a plane and he watched the 30 for 30 where they, the, the uh, Oilers were going to swap ownership. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that story? I do remember Peter Pockington and the Oilers. Was it the Leafs? And the Oilers that were going to swap no, or something like that? It, it sounds like one of those. Who, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who it was, but I do remember that. Yeah. No, but is it? But just just to get just to get Dan Gilbert out of the picture because LeBron wants full control or just wants nothing to do with Dan Gilbert. Well, he that, just wants nothing to do with Dan Gilbert, right? Like on the way out, uh-huh. we all know, we all remember the Comic Sans letter that Dan Gilbert wrote in which he just trashed no, LeBron. Yeah, of but imagine the like. Just think of the audacity to even try to pull something like that off, to even like ask that question. Do you know what I mean? Like to look into I, that. That's crazy. Yeah, but I can see a situation. We're talking in, in a in a couple of years. Let's say let's say LeBron gets you know one other one other player of a Paul George caliber, but maybe it isn't even someone like that. Maybe it's someone like maybe it's someone like Lonzo Ball. Okay, who who hits the height uh, the height that, that that is out there. Someone of you know, that caliber that just makes the Cavs a bit better. I could see a situation where LeBron says, I don't need a coach. I'm going to have Maverick Carter coach the team. And Maverick is the head coach. <laughs> or LeBron is the player coach and Maverick is the assistant and the one who does all the pressers because LeBron doesn't do any pressers. I could see that type of scenario. You know, Tony Romo playing for the Mavericks. I can see LeBron doing that shit in the regular season because he wants the time off. You know what? I'm just gonna get my celebrity friends to come play because I'm resting. I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the end. So as crazy as that swap is, man, who knows what to predict anymore? And, and from a business sense, uh, there's something. There's something. Uh, I applaud that. I, I I respect that. That that LeBron is a business guy can say, "Hey, Dan Gilbert, you know I hate you, but here's a proposition that I think you might at least bend your ear towards because there's a lot of money involved that you might see this as quite profitable." And like Dan Gilbert, like the other side story to this is Dan Gilbert right now is he has a ton, like millions and millions of dollars invested in trying to revitalize the city of Detroit. Right. So like that is a thing that's also going along that, you know, might have led to this being an actual possibility. But as Bomani brought up, I mean, if you're Dan Gilbert and this rumor comes towards you, you're like, wait a second, there's a chance LeBron might come back. Why would I sell this team? (laughs) Right. Like, of course, you're not going to sell the team and LeBron's going to and there's a chance LeBron might come back. Right. Like that's no, it's you're right. And it's like, you know, how could you have made that work if you were LeBron without letting Dan Gilbert know that you came up with it? You know, like there's 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 no way of like actually enticing and convincing Dan Gilbert to make that swap and then show up again. What's up? This is ownership. Welcome to Cleveland. Oh yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been amazing. That that's that's some reality TV stuff right there. That would have been fantastic for sure. And it's interesting too. And what this actually what came on the heels of that story was I don't know if you saw recently uh, LeBron's undisputed no uninterrupted sorry undisputed mm-hmm. Skip Bayless's show. Wow, uh, LeBron's uninterrupted <laughs> website 
Right. Ain't nobody watched that show. Come on, man. No. So uh, LeBron's uninterrupted website, right? They released this video, and it was called The Shop. And it was just a bunch of dudes in the barber shop, but it was LeBron, Mav Carter, I think Rich Paul, Steve Stout, Two Chains, uh, Jesse Williams. Uh, who else was in there with them? Draymond Green was in there with yeah, them. Yeah, Draymond. Dr- Draymond is in that Maverick Carter money circle. Yes. Well, he and I don't also, understand that. Well, he also has a podcast that is on that uninterrupted website as well, right? So, I mean, there's a lot going on there, but in this video – of it's called the shop it's a really a good watch actually if you check it out because it's pretty cool i mean you don't get to see lebron and company be that candid in a conversation and one of the biggest things that come out of it which i'm surprised didn't become a bigger story was lebron acknowledged about when he wanted he acknowledged the fact that when he wanted to come back to cleveland or he first brought it up his wife and his mom were adamant about like no way we're not going back to cleveland like are you crazy and, it, and he, he mentioned, like, it was a lot of it had to do with that Dan Gilbert stuff, right? So it was very interesting. Like, that was the first time we've ever heard that. So he said he kind of uh-huh. had to, like, convince his family, like, his mom and his, and his wife, like, as important as they are to him, he kind of had to explain, you know, which I give, him, I give him credit for the maturity that this would take. But he had to, he explained to them that, you know, him going back to Cleveland and trying to bring them a championship is bigger than just him. It's bigger than the stupid Dan Gilbert letter do you know what i mean like it, it's on such another level which obviously now we all got to see and appreciate which seeing like those crazy scenes when the Cavs won but to have the maturity to be able to look above that like that was pretty cool and it was and just one example of how cool that show was the shop i advise you to look it up because it's a good thing it's a good thing to watch it was pretty cool i highly recommend I, it i did see a clip of it i don't know uh how long i'd seen it or or what i what I had seen, you know, it, it may have been on, uh, what's that show that Rachel Nichols hosts and they always get a rotating door of former NBA players or current NBA players. I was watching, uh, Vincent Sheed yeah. along with, um, it's not, Amino it's not Hassan. Woj. It's, uh, Amino one of Hassan? the other big writers. It's always on the show. Oh, Brian yeah. Windhorse. Brian Windhorse. always on the show with her. It's the jump or something, the jump off or something yep, like that. It's called the jump. Yep. I think I think it was on that show. Okay. Just the other day, I'd seen it where they showed uh, a clip from from the barbershop, and uh, my reaction was, "How is Draymond Green in this family circle? I still don't <laughs> understand how he's you know he's, he's in that mix. There's there's no Michigan State ties to any of these <laughs> other guys. I just I just don't get it. Well, I don't they, get how Draymond's in that circle. They taped it over All Star Weekend in New Orleans, right? So that's the story behind it. But uh, also. Again, like Draymond is a part of their whole like branding off court, uninterrupted website where he has his own podcast. And obviously LeBron is trying to do his thing, making more videos and stuff. And also, have you checked out the uh, Channing Fry Richard Jefferson podcast? Like that one came to fame because uh, that was where Kyrie Irving said the world was flat. Right. Yes. Right? Remember that clip? So uh, their podcast is also on this uninterrupted website. But the shop is actually a it was a full half hour video. And they talk about a bunch of stuff. They talk about the music industry. They talk about Tom Brady being like the greatest football player ever, greatest athlete. They talk about like uh, the NBA finals last year and how much of a battle that was. It's just really interested in like a very candid conversation, something I, I highly recommend. I'd love I to like see. I love to Grandpa see it after Jeff- this season. Grandpa Jefferson has become the king of Snapchat as well in the NBA. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I'm still not in the. I'm still not on that Snapchat wave yet. I don't know. I don't know if you, I'll you, ever get on it. You, you don't need to be. 
you won't you just as long as you have insta check a few insta stories that's all you need man <laughs> that's all you need uh i'm gonna let you go with this one last question overall should the nba like is there anything the nba can do to stop this super team stuff should they try to stop the super team stuff is this good for the nba that's my last question for you big guy uh, I don't think this is good for the NBA. I think that uh, the, the NBA is in a very strange place uh, in the, the sports marketplace where it takes uh, a lot of effort to retain the attention and the dollars and the, uh, the eyeballs and the viewership that we've uh, we've seen in the past and that the NBA has enjoyed in the past. Uh, I don't think that this, this uh, setup as, uh, as star-studded and as entertaining as it can be, uh, pulls like it used to. So I think that this uh, this dynasty that Golden State's building and the way in which they executed in this in this season, um, where it looks like it's it's them and everybody's so far behind, I don't think that that that's good for the NBA. Um, what was that? What was the first question you asked before that? No, no, no. It was just that. It was just is this long term? Is this something good for the NBA? Essentially. Yeah, long long term, I I can't see it working out that way. But how do they stop it? That was your other question. How do they, can stop, they stop this? Can they stop? Thank this you assembly? for remembering um, my own question. That's amazing. Thank you. I don't. Uh, it just came <laughs> back to me quick. It just came back to me quick. I, I don't think that they that they're at a position now where they can afford to stop it. I think they need to see uh, how these two years play out uh, because barring something drastic that uh, happens in Golden State, some horrendous injuries, uh, I don't think that uh, organically it, it will fix itself. Um, you know, until uh, until we have a new lot of players and a new lot of stars that uh, either are already in the league and mature into uh, elite players. Um, you know, I'm thinking like now I'm looking at someone like Kemba Walker. Can he ever get to like that superstar level in order to, uh, to, to be on that same plane as these guys now, as these guys get, get older uh, and that changes? I, I don't think that the uh, in the short term the NBA can afford to stop these uh, super team assemblies because that's what, what it's going to take in order to to rival Golden State in order to keep it competitive and to keep people interested. That, that's really what it's going to take. Um, but then there was another piece to that. There was another piece that you'd, something you said or something I wanted to say in relation to putting the super teams together. Oh, what can they do to make it more competitive? Yeah. In the playoffs, you go back to 2-3-2. Two, two. You change it back to 2-3-2, two, two, the, the, the format. And I think that that would see a few more games, uh, a few more series extended. Um, even this this lopsided this uh, the the way as lopsided as it has been, I do think if it was two three two, you'd see more series extended. I think the Raptors would have had a longer series against the Cavs. I think the Celtics would have had a longer series against the Cavs. I think um, it would have helped the Pacers if they had a uh, gone two three two. I think that that is how in the short term, especially the way things are now, you make the playoffs more competitive. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, I never thought of it that way, but okay. Okay. Mr. Brendan Dunlop, thank you very much for answering your phone on just such yeah, a, a, a random call. I know uh, this is a little weird and, you know, thank you for making time for the On Blast podcast as always, you know. I'm I always up for, for talking basketball. You know, I'm actually a little disappointed we didn't get to talk about how Bachelor of Paradise has been canceled. Well, you know, maybe that's for a later date, but, you know, definitely. <laughs> wait, it hasn't been canceled. Did I miss something tonight? It hasn't been canceled. No. Uh-huh. Production no, is halted, well, they right? postponed shooting, and uh, everybody's gone home. Whoa, whoa, okay, oh, I, I missed that. A, I'm, I'm gonna let you do your research. I know that there will be some Instagram posts related <laughs> to that, but uh, all I'm gonna say is Corinne 
was at the center of it. And uh, it's actually, I, I shouldn't make any jokes about it because it seems like it's, it's actually quite the, the serious situation. But uh, uh, Corinne was involved and uh, they stopped shooting. Wow. Breaking news yeah. right now on the On Blast podcast. You just never know what you're going to get here, right? And that's what we like. <laughs> that's right. Which is completely unlike the NBA playoffs. Oh, <laughs> see what we did there? Tie everything in. Oh, man. Senior segue. <laughs> need to go back to Cabo, buddy. Thank you, Mr. Dunlop. I'll talk to you again soon, my dude. Thanks, man. Cheers, man. Man, so that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I was just trying something out, just seeing how that would work. Decided I'd call a bunch of my friends and get their takes on how they felt about the NBA Finals, you know, and I'd like to take this chance once again to thank uh, everyone who could join, uh, Brendan Dunlop, uh, Ola Matty, uh, my guy Q, Quentin Lewis, and of course, Beals LES. Thank you guys for joining the podcast because that was a lot of fun. And as mentioned before, you know, like I do this to have fun. This is like a side project that I really just want to open up and have conversations with my friends but share that with the masses to continue the conversation. Because again, my, my opinion isn't always right. My opinion is probably wrong a lot, actually, if I think about it. But it's just that. It's just an opinion. It's just a conversation. And I'm never afraid to have a conversation because you might learn something. And uh, the most interesting part to this for me is, you know, it sounds like I'm hard on Kevin Durant. And as a fan, I'm like, oh, why did he do that? But when you really take a step back and, you know, I take a step back and think about this whole thing, this is all crazy to me because uh, if I go back, Kevin Durant was my first serious, like, sit-down interview. Shouts to my guy, Todd Macklin. Uh, he sent me to cover the NBA's, or sorry, the USA Basketball's developmental camp. And it was in Las Vegas. And I remember when he asked me to do it, I was like so nervous because, I mean, we're talking Team USA basketball. Like it was a really big deal. And it was a great trip. But for me personally, like it was cool. Like I sat down with Kevin Durant and it was one of my really first big one-on-one sit-down interviews. And all I can remember is Kevin Durant being just such a super nice guy. He was just super low-key, super chill. And to see that person now be an NBA champion and reach their dreams. Like that's an amazing, amazing feat. So as much as my point in all this is like, as much as I was just joking around and where we're talking as fans and what we think about someone else's life, the, the reality is, you know, we're just joking around and Kevin Durant is an actual person that we really don't know. We really don't know what his, what led to his decisions, but, what we do know is that we just got to watch a man wit- live out his dream of winning an NBA championship, and that's pretty cool. And, and that's really what this is all about. You know, we we forget that because we overanalyze every single aspect of these people's lives. But reality is, we don't know these people at all, and we forget that sometimes when we bring up things like sports hate, especially with a guy like LeBron James. Right? LeBron James is another guy where we talk a lot about oh, are you a LeBron hater and blah, 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 you know? And we spend so much time talking about that without realizing that these dudes are people, right? Good people. You're talking about like, you know, you're looking for athletes that are role models. I mean, you can't have two better guys than Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And at the end of the day, if we're forced, quote unquote, to watch 
an NBA Finals, you know, and have it go through these two superstars for the next three or four or five years and even add in Draymond and Clay and Steph Curry. We're talking about really great dudes. And so at the end of the day, we should feel lucky because at the end, of, we do all want to watch greatness. We do want to watch that, you know, and you got to sit back and just appreciate greatness for what it is. So am I a little frustrated at what KD did? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Why, why do I have to understand it? I don't. But my role here is just to sit back and watch basketball and be entertained by basketball and be able to talk to my friends about it. And I'm able to do that. So at the end of the day, it might be, what am I complaining about, right? Let us know what you think. Did you like, did you like the podcast? Do you like the NBA Finals? Did you enjoy it? Any comments are always welcome. Hit us up either in the comment section, wherever you see this podcast posted, or you can find me on Facebook or Twitter at Shell Alexander. Let us know what we think, because as I said, this is for the people. Uh, one of my huge influences and people I listen to all the time, his name is Charlemagne the God, and he always said that uh, one of the words or sayings that he always lived by was, you're either going to be for the industry or for the people. And you got to decide which side you're on. There's no right or wrong. It's just decide which side you're on. You're for the industry or you're for the people. And I want to be for the people. That's just me. So let me know what you think. Hope you enjoyed it. Another edition of the On Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. See ya. On Blast. My whip drop. Like bitches asses. Cargo. Ready to package, paid up. I see haters watching, so fucking turn it up. Let these bitches drop it.